Soon the film Amok will be playing in this area. Because of the nature of the film and the nudity and sexuality involved, we have made cuts in the coming attractions trailer that you are about to see. However, when Amok plays in this theater, you will see it complete with nothing cut out. Hello and welcome. This time, I, Dave Thomas, attempt to convince my co-host, John Deere, that Silvio Amadio's 1972 film Amok, aka Alla Ricera del Piacere, is more than just soft porn crossed with Agatha Christie. Do I succeed? Listen and find out. This is Due Signori in Giallo. is the story of a sex-crazed madman. He lived on an isolated island where he lured beautiful girls. First, he only watched, but then he did much more. A few days before she disappeared, we couldn't help noticing a change had come over her, as if she were being tormented by something. Spoiler warning, we will, as per, be ruining the end of this movie. And as an added bonus, I'm also going to be spoiling the end of Roberto Bianchi Montero's 1972 giallo So Sweet, So Dead, a.k.a. Sessuale al Capo della Squadra Mobile. So you should probably go away and watch both of those if that's something you're worried about. And content warning, we'll be discussing at length gendered violence and rape. So, uh, amok, or amok, as in to run amok, or a muck, or mucky. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of the rare ones with um with an with an exclamation mark. Uh, how does it how does amok translate in 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 Italian? What was this called in, in Italian? Oh, it's called something completely different. So in Italian, it's called and I'm gonna mangle this, alla ricceria del piacere which I believe means In Pursuit of Pleasure. Ah. Which is actually would have been quite yeah. a good Jello title. <laughs> it, it's better than, than Amok, um, because I'm still not sure what that's trying to say. But anyway. It's also better than one of the American retitlings, which was Hotbed of Sex. Hotbed of Sex. Yep. Wow. They were really not going for the horror market there, were they? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wonder if they're really, really playing into their early seventies, uh, um, completely non, completely non, <laughs> non-conservative general general market in in the US. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I'm sure that I'm sure that went down very well. Um, no pun, uh, remotely, <laughs> remotely intended. Um, okay, so after our last episode, which was frenzy, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. When I had said how you know how. Um, you know how on sure footing I was. I was in my wheelhouse. I was, uh, I was lots. Of, you know, I got lots of British character actors for me to get forgive me me to get my teeth into, and you know, uh, familiar locations, and I could, I could, I could wax lyrical about sort of things from my from, from from my experience. And then I said to you, "What's what's coming up next?" And you went, "Oh God, we're right back into it." Um, and you said, "I think it would go one way or another with you, uh, as in me." 
on on my reaction to to this and on my journey i've i think i've you know appreciated the role that uh tropes play that plot or or plot development or you know the usual um meat and drink of sort of um the structure in a film of 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 shallow and how that's different and the reasons that's that that's different and you know what to look out for what you know what what should there be what not and also um where that sort of rather permeable um lies in the early, like the late 60s and the and the early, the early 70s before you know and the roles that sort of the the the, the, the sort of tent poles of certain films like you know with the crystal plumage, etc., and how that shapes and influences what you know what is quite a malleable um, uh, format up up to up, up 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 to certain points. And it's true, my reaction to Amok was was extreme because I didn't see any of the the sort of stylishness that I expect from a lot of shallows. Mm-hmm. I saw the sense of location, um, mm-hmm. although. I'm not sure they make as much of it because so much is set around uh, the house, which is set a little away. But yeah, the rest when you see when you it's set in Venice, but yeah. you know on an island just 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 outside is a, an island suburb of one of one of one <laughs> of one house. Um, but nevertheless, that leads to you know I, I think the most effective uh, sequence I saw in it was the. The, the the duck shoot in the marshes that was quite good obviously the marsh has a plot point as a convenient place to to dump to dump bodies various even if you never identify uh what happened to them as well but the complete lack of actual plot complete lack of actual murders uh, that you ever really see on screen that isn't taken into account and the fact that it just goes all out soft porn um Really led me to think this isn't the, um, that I'm not I'm not getting a lot from this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of you know it's a secretary, uh, of a of a writer um, who's been recently appointed because the previous secretary uh, has disappeared. Now the previous secretary was a was a friend of of the secretary and possibly a bit more, as she seems to be fairly you know liberal in her. In her, in her taste, that, that, that as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But she attempts nominally to to find out what happened to her friend slash potential potential lover and sort of un unpick and undress the uh, <laughs> uh, the layers of what's happening uh, in in the house of the writer and his sort of his female friend. Um, I'm not entirely sure of their 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 relationship. Uh, the man and the woman. They're not a standard couple, are they? Well, I believe they are meant to be married, but they are very. Oh, are they? Oh, of, I've yeah, they're, they're very swingy. Yes, very swingy. Um, I mean, we've you know we've obviously we've played on the eroticism. That uh, was a trope throughout uh, what we've seen through. Through 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 Jalo, particularly you know, there's often the problematic nature of uh, of the sexualization of of murder in in a, but we're not even really bothering with you know sullying sexual uh, sexualization of anything like murder. We'll just get rid of the murder and just have a five minute les les up scene, uh, which is entire <laughs> which is entirely designed for the male gaze, um, and like it doesn't it doesn't stop for a good five minutes. It's just. Um, is it uh, Barbara Boucher is back as uh, yes, uh, she's in the, yes. Um, as the as the lead uh, Greta Franklin, mm-hmm. um, who sounds quite a lot like the actor who played Ethel in 
in EastEnders. <laughs> uh, and uh, Rose Albaneri, uh, who has the altogether, uh, is the uh, sort of like the, the, the femme fatale character who's um, uh, the supposed, as you say, wife apparently of the, the writer uh, Richard Stewart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, not a t- is, is he meant to be British? Um, I think, I, I, I'm really not sure. I think he's potentially meant to be American. Oh, okay, right, fair enough. And that, you never really... Uh, the, the, the big problem I have is you never really find out what happens to the to the sector. It seems she's been killed. Like, you know, there's sort of like lesser secret society more, or they're just friends just come round for orgies every, every night. But the exact nature of, of what they've done and, and why hints to something that never really happens. And it mm. just sort of becomes that it may be um, the fisherman slash factotum... Um, is he called Sandro or Rocco? Rocco, Rocco, Rocco. Rocco. Yeah. Um, might have just raped and killed her, but we never, we never get. Uh, we only ever have unreliable narration uh, mm. on that. And when a body is found, the last twist is that it's not uh, the missing, the missing secretary, whose mm. whose fate will remain ever unknown. And that in itself isn't a bad, isn't a bad thing. I don't mind unresolved plot lines, but when there's nothing else. When this only vague strand of an ineffective policeman and a woman in peril, uh, which has no real subplots other than nipples, um, <laughs> it, it it leaves um, a somewhat unsatisfied taste in the mouth. You know, what? I'm not going anywhere with that metaphor. <laughs> Um, I, I joked with you last night, and I know, in text, and I absolutely hated it. That's that's a slight exaggeration for for comic effect. Mm. Uh, I I was put more plotted and like you know, there's it's like the Bill Hicks routine where he talks about um, the Sharon Stone leg crossing scene in, in in Basic Instinct, and he just says like everyone went wild for that, and he's just like you, you know there were films with nothing but that, don't you? you, know, you <laughs> You don't have to watch two seconds of 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 this of of of, of this thriller to de- you could just watch films where like you know like there's just two seconds of plot and like everything else is leg crossing leg crossing shots. So I kind of again I'm watching something from a very different time where people can can smuggle this into basically watching watching porn for a bit if they if 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 if, if they want and make it look a bit arty because like one's recalcitrant. Uh, uh, and trying and trying to shoot it in a slightly uh, you know, classy way, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't really. It's then rather undermined when I think later on um, uh, Greta comes down to to beat the friends, and one of the friends just takes a t- just 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 takes a shirt off and has no bra on underneath, and let's watch a film. And then one of the guys they watch a, they watch a, they watch a red ride they watch a, a red riding hood porn film. Mm. Which ends sort of like it's. I mean, it's problematic in that she's like, it's. Were you raped? Well, at first, you know, it's. it's <laughs> uh, um, and then she's by the end of it, she's chasing uh, the, the 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 wolf. I can't believe I'm critiquing the porn film within the within the film. Um, but so yes, I stylistically, uh, I had a, I had an issue with it. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of a. It's kind of an interesting one. I, as I said, I, I, I kind of felt it could go a, a couple of ways. This is one of those that's within the little bubble of of 
Jello aficionados is sort of quite highly thought of. Interesting. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, in in the kind of so this is sort of what the the kind of Carol Baker stuff from the sixties sort of morphed yeah. into, where it's not massively stabby and it's not you know sort of a, a, aggressively sort of sex sex and violence together in the same scene, mm. um, but it's kind of taking that you know Carol Baker in the shower to you know a, a well not to its logical conclusion uh, um but to a sort of further point of of explicitness and i think that's a function of a couple of things one again it's that idea of you're trying to keep the audience interested so what do you do to throw on screen well if you're not going to throw on screen you know a gory stabbing or something then um as i believe it was the american exploitation filmmaker um fred olin ray once said uh boobs and he did not use that word uh at the cheapest special effect so mm. so that that is that is kind of one aspect of it i think two we're now in this is 72 so this is the year okay. of P- peak jello uh, mm-hmm. so this is probably the the high point uh or maximum point rather of of the sort of glut of of movies that came out so um so i suspect also it's kind of well how do we stand out from the pack uh again um um and it is by putting you know two very attractive actresses largely naked for a lot of the running time uh which is kind of i mean certainly barbara boucher's stock in trade and also rosal bonary's kind of career uh entire career really um (laughs) so i think i think that's part of it. it it's interesting that um, it, it does have a very linear plot for a jello and i know you sort of you found it unsatisfying in terms of the mystery aspect but it is kind of woman goes to ireland to find out what happened to her friend and apparently lover of, of, of some description and maybe sort of does but maybe not and that's kind of it it's not you know there's, there's no real sort of the the last minute twist of the body turning out to be someone else mm-hmm. um is and, and i guess the, the that's kind of meant to be an ironic twist because it's sort of the, the fact that the body is found is sort of what makes uh the the couple um richard stewart the author and his wife uh played by roselle Bonary, whose character's name oh is eleanora eleanora so it kind of if not forces their hand it kind of means it kind of makes them basically take the view of you know she knows too much she also has to be killed but there was actually no real reason for that because it, the body was not of their initial indeed victim. yeah yeah so it's so it's a bit of a but but uh, yeah as you say you never actually find out what then became of um the the previous secretary uh sally sally reese who was played by no one in particular um and yeah so and and sort of periodically there is a police inspector who uh who wanders around um not really solving anything which is a very jello trope but um but yes i could i can see so so a lot of the time is basically uh barbara boucher's character listening to story excerpt excerpts because she's basically transcribing the new novel from Richard Stewart, as played by Farley Granger. Yes, and that's so. That and that has an in, an intriguing plotline that again doesn't go anywhere because you know, I think it's the second or third time we hear the voice on the tape that he's been he's been he's been dictating. He essentially starts to um, starts to uh, narrate the plot of the film we're watching, mm. uh, and you start to think this is a potential you know 
a potential, uh, you know, head head fuck for for Greta. He knows why she's there. What's mm. he going to do? And again, it does. And the underlying uh, theme that never gets resolved is like she's been the the that um, Sally has been killed for whatever reason we don't know yet. That they will then kill Greta um, f- because she knows too much, but. As you say, because that the, the 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 corpse at the end is revealed not to be Sally, there's no real motivation for possibly the best scene, which is when um, Eleonora is apparently trying to shoot Greta during a during a duck hunt during a duck hunting sequence, uh, or that um, uh, Rocco is invited to sort of handily dispose of uh, dispose of dispose of Greta after raping her, um, but also that you know that the, the, the this sort of a burgeoning potential uh, love interest between between Richard and, and and Greta, and I think at one point moment she she says, "I know you had nothing to do with it," which just like that's a big leap, which then <laughs> makes the which then makes the twist when Richard pretends to go away and then comes back and says, "No, we're going to kill you." Uh, not quite as strong as it as as it could have been, and it's full of those moments where oh, I think they're going to add add something. No, they're not. It's 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 not going to go anywhere, and what you're left with is a setup from uh, Agatha Christie, a uh, hmm. murder mystery or a murder she wrote, uh, in uh, none of none of which goes anywhere. They just they just fizzle out, um, and nothing really happens. Uh, hmm. And what would be in other places, you know, potentially problematic murder tension. Uh, cool um, lighting and uh, uh, and and style uh, is just replaced with um, with sexy girls uh, and sex, and it's just um, I'm generally surprised that it has a good interest because it just it feels slow, ponderous, uh, and and dis- and 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 dis- dis- disappointing. So I'm mm. I am. Surprised that it, it doesn't it doesn't really do what 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 I was hoping mm. uh, it, it it would do the setup they said the setup was good and there was uh, a lot of stuff introduced uh, quite early on which you thought this is where you know this is going to and none of it none of it ever seems to seems 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 to pay off mm. and because you because there's no real understanding of um, the characters uh, either their background or their motivations um, the twist doesn't really work I don't I don't I don't think mm. um, who was so who was the the director I know it was a guy called um, Silv- Silvio uh, Am- Amadio Amadio yeah Amadio yeah so who's yeah. he um, funny actually you, you mentioned Agatha Christie because I'd also put in my notes if Agatha Christie had thrown in a lot of lesbian sex yeah um, fair enough yeah which, but there's, <laughs> there's there's still more plot in an Agatha Christie that's true yeah yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so Silvio Amadio is one of those guys there's a lot of them in Italian movies who was just a bit of a jobbing director really there's there's not a whole lot really about him uh, he oh, okay. had been working in the film industry for a while he's born in the 1920s uh, he was a right he sort of pretty much wrote everything that that he directed um right. he had he sort of apart so so he's basically in the west pretty much this is this is this is what he's known for he directed this and then the following year another uh jello called smile before death which is not a million miles from this one honestly roselle Bonary plays a kind of a similar role roselle Bonary had a type she she tended to play um the villain 
and and often these quite sort of duplicitous kind of rich women uh who who basically got a kinky streak um not that we're here to kink shame but you know that's you know she's sort of very she, she does that sort of predatory sexually voracious character whether it's kind of gay, gay or straight sexually assertive so yes the, the as well but that's I mean, that that's that's a strong sort of femme fatale type that goes that mm. goes back to to, to film the war doesn't it mm. as a mm. um you know yeah. sorry Karen. yeah i'm just gonna say so the the thing that silvio Mario is probably more known in italy is he directed uh a series of um kind of the the, the italian sexy comedy uh commedia sexy alitalia um starring an actress called gloria guida who didn't really trouble the jelly much but she was sort of quite well known in this sort of comedy series so it's almost a little bit like i don't know gerald thomas doing a jello in a okay so which may i don't know maybe that maybe that explains it um because he was more at home with with fairly lowbrow comedy uh, so he went for a fairly lowbrow thriller instead uh, maybe i'm now imagining this film with slide whistles <laughs> <laughs> maybe that would improve to, to indicate arousal that would be yes that would be it. um yeah uh, yes that would that, do you know that's working for me as well uh, <laughs> i mean it's working as a as a, as a yes, an, effect, an effective film not not i'm getting off on it sorry yeah. yeah i mean and it's interesting too because it's it's one that's very clearly made with an eye towards the export market because everyone yeah, sure. is uh even obviously i mean everyone's dialogue is looped uh, as is as is typical yep. mm-hmm. but they are all speaking english at least phonetically um and farley granger in indeed kind of uh dubs himself so is farley granger's voice on the english track uh so I think it was, you know, kind of designed to maybe be a look a bit less weird and dubbed. I don't know if that also feeds into the fact that it's sort of plot wise, it's a lot less um, labyrinthine and full of slightly bananas twists that, are, you know, your typical Jallo is because they're actually thinking, well, if we're going to kind of sell it to drive-ins in the US, let's give them less to cut out. Now, that didn't stop them cutting a bunch out. Oh, <laughs> sure, yes. <laughs> But um, so yeah, I, I I do wonder if that was if that was also part of it. So is there nothing else in the West that the director um, is in any way noted n- noted for, or even actually, to be honest, is there anything in in, in Italy he was he was more regarded for? Um, yeah, apart from the comedies, probably not. No, no. Um, okay. I mean, he did. You know, he's one of those guys. You know, as is. The way with a lot of jobbing Italian directors, you know, he'd done a few kind of sword and sandal movies. He'd done a couple right. of like westerns. He'd done a couple of spy films. You know, um, things that had sort of been knocked off um, from from bigger kind of Hollywood movies, like The Prisoner of the Iron Mask, which you might accidentally confuse with, you know, a much more well known film. And yeah, and he, I mean, he worked sort of relatively steadily up until the early eighties, and then sort of, I think, basically retired. Um, and then died died in the mid nineties. So um, sort of, I, sadly, probably before, because um, because nowadays, you know, whenever whichever label it is that puts these out on Blu Ray, uh, and and this one is put out by the uh, extremely fine and prestigious label Eighty Eight Films. I hear they do some great work and involve some great people, Dave. Absolutely. Um, they always try and kind of you know find the directors and the talent and give them you know sort of interview them but i don't know that that ever happened with 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 silvio mario because i guess he probably just crossed over in his later years with kind of 
DVD, but then I don't think this movie had a particularly, well, I, I know it had a particularly sort of inauspicious DVD release because I, cause I owned it. Um, and it was, you know, just like a very bare bones, terrible kind of transfer. So it's a shame. So we never really got his thoughts on it because I, I'd be curious to know if he was someone that felt he had a vision or he was just a bit like the uh, the director of um, The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave, who was just like, yeah, I've directed whatever they told me to. <laughs> Mm, okay. um, yeah, I do think that the the, the duck hunt sequence. Um, so yep. there, there there is a there is a sequence partway through the film where Greta is encouraged to go uh, duck hunting in the the marshes of the uh, um, Venice Lagoon with uh, Richard and Eleonora. And as you say, you know she she kind of gets stuck in the marshes, and it appears that maybe Eleonora is actually trying to kill her. Um, which reminded me a little bit, just I guess with the sort of rushes and the, the, the sound design and everything, felt a little bit kind of Straw Dogs, um, which had come out the previous year. So I don't know if that was like a deliberate lift or just sort of happenstance. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm going to guess it's more... Actually, no, I think they're, they're making use of the, 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 the location. And yeah, this is something slightly, slightly different from the norm. It's also not necessarily what you think of when you go for Venice. Um, mm. So it was probably visually interesting. This film could not hold a, hold a candle to, um, to, <laughs> to, 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 to Straw Dogs. Uh, another film with Peter Vaughan in it, we'll be going. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, you know, that sort of sense of location and place. I do quite like that it's Venice, but it's not, um, you know, downtown Venice. Because that's actually not something you see very much no, no the idea that that venice is a is a wider community and it's all still kind of within a you know this sort of almost archipelago of islands in this lagoon which is, mm. is kind of interesting yes and you see ma- sort of almost working class venice don't you the, the, mm. the background and sort of urchins playing in the street i've no idea how accurate that is but as you say it's not something you normally see in any on-screen representation and it's quite a clever way of isolating um Greta, because without a boat, it's not like she can even sort of walk anywhere. No, yeah, there's a scene, isn't she, where she isn't really allowed to allowed to leave. And probably the most effective performer in it is the butler, who, you, oh, who yes. is almost entirely taciturn, and you never ever get his motivations. And by <laughs> the end, like, no, even I mean, he's spoiler, he's he's killed horribly. He's about the he's about the only. Like, actually, is he the first on screen death? And we're, if we're assuming that yeah, um, so. Sally is an unreli- Sally's death is from unreliable narration, and is because it's told in flashback, um, the people who are killed are killed in quick succession, all right at the end. There's mm. only the three. But yes, I, he was quite effective um, because yeah, you don't really know what he's thinking. Again, it doesn't really come to anything, but I, enjoy, <laughs> I enjoyed it while it lasted. Oh Jesus, no. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Umberto Rajo is one of those faces that you see in a lot of um, Italian kind of genre films. He's just like, oh, it's that guy. He's sort of the Dick Miller of Italy type. Right, okay. Um, Talking of faces to recognise, I mean, where does um, having Farley Granger in a a giallo come from? For those, you know, if you know him for one thing, it's probably Hitchcock's rope. Yeah, well, rope or or strangers on a train, right? Or so, strangers, yeah. oh, of course, strangers on a train. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, well, it, it, again, it's a bit like the Carol Baker um, 
this was seen as a cash-in sort of thing. Yeah, well, so, I mean, obviously he'd had that success in, in the Hitchcock films. He'd been sort of an early-ish kind of noir actor. Um, he'd, he'd done uh, a film with Visconti in the 50s. So okay. he clearly wasn't averse to, you know, sort of European filmmaking. But by kind of the 60s, um he, he was you know he, he his star had faded somewhat mm. so you know he he was kind of um you know guest starring in episodes of like get smart and I, I assume at some point he probably did like a love boat or something like that you know where where old hollywood glamour kind of went to die so yeah um, so yeah so he he clearly you know got the got the memo about well you know you can go to italy you can make a few films the shooting schedules are short you get to stay somewhere nice and have yeah. nice food and um you know it's a sort of a bit of a holiday because he actually did quite a quite a few films out there he you know he's right, in, okay. um, probably ooh, one two three at least kind of four jelly um oh okay yeah, I mean, he has a really small role, so almost like a blink and you'll miss it. In um, when we did, what have they done to your daughters? He plays a sort of one of the one of the characters who's involved in the sex scandal, but he's he's barely in it. He like literally just oh. kind of pops up and I think has like one line or something. But that's um, later than this, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, that's a little bit later than this. Oh, um, so this is this got a couple of years after this. He's in one called So Sweet So Dead, which cool. is it, it, it's not sort of a. Um, one of the ones that sort of w- widely beloved, but I remember seeing it. And I, I didn't see, watch it for the first time until oh, probably only a couple of years ago, and it's so basically that one's a um, that the, there is a killer stalking sort of rich society wives, but only the ones who are kind of having extramarital affairs, and he plays the inspector who's trying to track down the killer, but his wife is one of the. Um, one of the society women who is cheating on him. And so the end of the movie and uh, well, spoilers for the end of so sweet, so dead. She's the final victim and he's racing to, you know, the scene of where she's about to be killed. And he arrives in time to actually save her and then doesn't because deliberately, deliberately because of her infidelity. And then once she's dead, he steps in and, and dispatches the killer. And it's one of the most sort of bleak sort of, um, nihilistic and cynical endings of i think of any jello that i've seen so, so the, the re- I'd, I'd much rather have watched that than this and oh, what's well. what's worse you've ruined it for me i know i know well hopefully by like next season you'll have forgotten and i can okay, fine, make right. you watch it <laughs> i hope i forget what farley granger that who was ubiquitous in early 70s yeah. apparently yeah. oh so many of them yeah. i hope i don't remember this highly memorable uh, yeah. ending you've told me anyway <laughs> Oh yeah, that what was that fourth Farley Granger Jello that you yeah. alluded to at one time? Oh, how I can't could remember. You? Oh, I can't remember. And really, I mean, the other reason that I chucked this in was kind of purely selfish because one, I very much like Barbara Boucher, and and two, we yep, hadn't we, ha- we hadn't done a uh, we hadn't done a Rosalbaneri movie yet, and, and I also have a uh, a great fondness for her, even if um, I, I always feel quite sad. She did an interview. Um, on, again, on one of the myriad Blu-ray releases of things that she's been in, that's now that are now coming out, and said something like, "Oh, I wish I'd held out and did like some good films," which I thought was quite sad. And it's like, yeah, I, I kind of get that. You know, you are very much a sort of genre B movie actress, but you know, I, I I find a lot of the things she's in quite delightful. So the fact that you know she's still being interviewed about them 
there's, know, decades yeah, I mean, later gives gives some comfort. There's a couple of things going on there that you often see with genre actors, and I find it with uh, sometimes you know a, a guest a guest actor from Doctor Who. Uh, won't mind because it's about the only thing that they'll be remembered for, given mm. the often the ephemeral nature of arch- archive telly. So if you were someone like Bernard Kay, um, mm. people aren't really going to ask you about, oh, I don't know, uh, the shuttered room or something like that. But the fact you were in a couple of Doctor Who's uh, mm. mean you'll always, you'll, there'll always be a sort of a pension pot for a sort of a convention circuit or or, mm. or, or, or something like that. And in that sense, uh, it's nice to have some of your work remembered. What you don't want to be done is like, that's all I ever did. Um, yeah. And I can see that if you, um, like, uh, Rosa Bonieri looked like, in my very limited experience, um, a decent actor. Uh, mm. And whereas probably someone like, well, let's go for your, let's go in, let's go in your wheelhouse. Someone like Caroline Monroe. Hmm. Uh, is probably is is has made hay while the sunshine. She's doing. She's made the best of what. She is not the most dynamic uh, of, of actors, but she's made the most of what she of that career and had, had success from that. And you know, and now hmm. has the equivalent of the has the convention circuit and to to be remembered from that. But if you were probably if you knew you were someone who could have done better roles, could have done better work, hmm. I can see why that would that would be uh, something you weren't necessarily necessarily proud of. But you know. If you're a, if if it, the vast majority of actors do not get to do to do regular work anyway, so mm. it's yeah. It's never something. And I guess even within that sort of that rarefied air of of you know the sort of genre movies, you know, Edwige Fenech is in sort of at least a couple of the acknowledged classics of the genre. You know, Barbara Boucher's in Don't Torture a Duckling, which again yeah. is, you know, sort of probably like top five, you know, so it's... The, True, the, okay, she, the, she's, the, not, she's not in an, a, an A-lister. You mean, in, yeah, the, exactly. Um, you know, I mean, uh, so, so as much as, as the movies are, are tremendously enjoyable, uh, generally... She probably, you know, I mean, she's God. She's in, she's in a film called The French Sex Murders, for God's sake. So, um, uh, which is quite entertaining, but again, it's it's not going to be anyone's like, you know, the the ten jelly you have to see before you die list. My God, I've just then had a quick, just a quick glance at uh, what she was doing uh, in the in a year or so of 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 of, of a muck. Uh, the Devil's Lover, mm-hmm. The Great Chihuahua Treasure Hunt. <laughs> smile before smile before death yep. watch out gringo sabata will return the french sex murders yes, the dev, the devil's wedding night yep um great movie the sexbury tales which doesn't even work i see if that means it's like canterbury tale like, you can't just put the word sex in yeah. berry on the end um, yes, so that, that that's one of I assume I had. I, I'm not familiar with it, but I, so Edwidge Fenech was in um, like the adaptation of the, of Decameron uh, in the like 69, 70, something like that, and a lot of kind of subsequent Italian sex comedies sort of take that as a jumping off point. So I assume that's what I see, the, se- right. the sex brew tales is. <laughs> I see, fair enough. Um, so yes, I can. There, there seems to be a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of films that are of a, a type. Mm. Um, yeah, which yeah. I can. So I, I can see why possibly she she thought she had she deserved to be remembered for something better. But then, if those roles never came, but that, and that mm. speaks to a a wider issue of, of of how women are treated in the industry. Mm. She's also in she's also in Lady Frankenstein, which if you oh, want good. if you want a sort of 
not very good Italian faux Hammer Frankenstein movie, it's definitely the one I would recommend. Oh, okay, good as well. Does the guy who plays Rocco, does he turn up? Obviously, he's quite taciturn. Yes. Um, oh, yes. But, and, yeah. Well, okay. So, so Peter Martinovich. Okay, the rapist with uh, the heart. Um, who, who's, who's, um, who's also in Lady Frankenstein, playing basically the same character. Does he play Franken? Does he play Frankenstein's monster? So, so, um, well, okay, he kind of does eventually. So, but basically, Rosal Bonari in that one is is the daughter of uh, Frankenstein, who has designs on Frankenstein's assistant, who is is not very sort of hunky and studly so she basically puts his brain in Rocco's body in effect um, oh, right. so so that is uh part well actually most of the plot of Lady Frankenstein but yeah that was quite fun you can see Joseph Cotton regretting his life choices in that one because he's playing Dr Frankenstein uh for the first bit <laughs> like he, he, he very he very much has it I mean Farley Granger in this I think is is perfectly fine I think he does you know uh, exactly what's expected of him, but Joseph Cotton in Lady Frankenstein is definitely just like just give me the money so I can leave. <laughs> I mean, if you're Joseph Cotton, if you've been in, I mean, I suppose he, oh, because he's in, um, he's in the the, uh, the 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 American Gaslight as well, isn't he? So if you're mm. in like some of the most notorious films of the forties, mm. right, um, then it's like you do want to break the fourth wall, talk to the camera. And go, I can't believe I'm doing this. What the shit? What shit am I doing? Am I doing now? Uh, but then you know, I, I was in. I, mean, I was in the fucking third man. Yes, 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 yes. He's in Citizen Kane, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yes, yeah. yes. But you know, I think also he, he like his star um, ascended quite early, and then mm. he had a long, a long sort B movie in career. He's in like he's in Tales of the Unexpected in, mm. in, in the early eighties, I think. Uh, and it's so yes, I can see why it it might look like. Um, uh, what's he doing in this? But this can be you know, part of a, just just the one thing that you've seen from uh, yes, from, a, f- f- from a long decline, yeah. <laughs> um, which is. But anyway, that's why. I'd, I'd, so yes, I I, I didn't uh, imagine that. What was his name? Uh, Petter Peter Martinovich. The, yes, it was yes. I imagine he had the most um, uh, the, the, the the most the most the most dynamic of careers. But it's uh, again a bit of a problematic trick they have because there's. There's a um, there's a callback to where he decides to not rape and kill Greta because mm. he's when Greta earlier on stumbles into his we can hardly call it a house F- um, fishing shack sort of fish, thing. yeah uh, and he's he's caught an he's caught an eel which he uh, he 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 guts alive uh, and he cuts his finger and she cleans she cleans the wound. Uh, and so when he later on when he goes to to rape and kill her he looks at his finger and then feels bad and then doesn't and then so he doesn't which is which is nice isn't it mm-hmm. that's 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 not the sort of ah oh, really, yeah. oh, bless oh do you know what i have got a conscience after all uh i'm yeah. not sure yeah i did I'm rape sure and kill your friend really, but yeah, maybe she, you she don't didn't know put, that she didn't put a plaster on my finger so Again, and you don't know that. That's only no, we only we, we only have Eleanor's Eleanor's uh, uh, for that as well. Um, it's uh, it's a film that promises promises a lot and and delivers a lot if what you want is soft porn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do think. It, if, oh, no, I was just going to say I do think I, I'm 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 curious as to what your read is on this because um, the the the, the not, not to suggest that there isn't a, a ton of 
uh, other nudity apart from kind of the, the the two I guess key plot driving scenes if for one of a better word um, but there is uh, the the first kind of big uh, nude scene is when um, Barbara Boucher has basically just arrived or pretty much just arrived that day uh, she's she's undressing for bed and Rocco it suddenly appears outside her bedroom window. Oh yes, yes, That's um, a, as, as a jump scare, pretty as much. As a jump scare, yeah. yeah. And so, so she is she is terrified, and by way of um, comforting her, I guess um, she's she's essentially given some sort of narcotic agent, and then it turns into the the, the sort of very slow mo um, lesbian sex scene between her and Rosalba Neri. Uh, yeah, she's, um, basically, she's basically drugged and raped by a woman. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, and, and I'm kind of curious as to whether you think so. So that's shot in in not just in kind of slow motion, but kind of extreme slow motion. Yeah, for the duration of the thing. Now, now I'm assuming that the what? Well, one of the de- directorial intents there is to actually give it that. Um, you know that she's drugged. This is kind of almost like a dream sequence in terms of the, you know, her her experience of it because. You know, she's she's under the influence of some substance. I mean, of course, it also has the accidental, probably not additional effect that that the you know actresses are shot uh, in sort of love lovingly, for want of a better word. You know, as you say, sort of male gazy slow mo, so that every kind of detail and movement is is captured in extremes. But she she does keep her leg close, which is closer to the camera, high up, so you can't see her fanny. Just you know, because because it's it's soft it's 19, porn, guys. It's, yeah, it's nineteen seventy two, right? Yes. It's not, this isn't a, this isn't a Jess Franco film, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, sorry, yes. So what was so what was the question? Um, just whether just whether you, you, you do do you think it was intentionally a uh, artistic choice for reasons of the the character's uh, experience, or was it just like yeah, we can get the tits on screen longer? Well, well a little, little, little bit of both. I think um, they're trying for uh, porn as art yeah, in that yeah. uh, in, in that in, in, in that particular bit. It's meant to be shot in a classy way. It's meant to be shown that you're that this is a um, a, a, a level above grot, mm. um, but it fulfills exactly the same the the the, 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 the same function. Mm. Um, the questions you can have sort of about power and about abuse because she's she's drugged and that's meant to signify as i see it the sort of the power and depravity of this of the family to which she's come into and the fact that she is both helpless under their power uh, mm. but also but also in de- endangered um but there's no <laughs> there's no getting away from the fact that that's that, that that's just shown as the, the length of the scene itself mm. is shown as titillation Mm. Um, you can add, uh, you yeah, you could add multiple readings uh, to that to, to 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 that to that if you want. You can see in the script, it's, it's, you know, this is what this is what we're doing. Mm. We're showing she's in thrall. We're showing a, a seduction of her mind, uh, but we'll you know we show we have the power of, that she's vulnerable. Mm. Um, but all that can be done in in various ways that don't involve that a five minute les- lesbian les- 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 lesbian lesbian scene. Um, but you're right. Uh, the the jump scare uh, uh, was when she opens the window uh, for, a, for a character we've we've never seen before was was very well done. But there's um, 
talking of the male gaze, like that forms where she's like, you like there's you can see her bum when she's getting out of the the, of that, the shower or oh, the bath, sorry. And then she puts on this nighty that um, I'm I'm going to go ahead and, and like, I don't think any woman genuinely wears. Uh, uh, that sort of stuff to bed if they're going to bed alone if they're playing <laughs> that's quite, that's a very sexy nighty you brought with you also there's no like she's not got any pants on uh, mm. with it with it with it as well that's not a, that's not a comfortable that's not comfortable bed attire she wants she wants mm. she wants she wants some gym jams on, I was going to say it's the seventies I would you know you realistically yeah. there's probably more flannelette uh, <laughs> involved yeah it is interesting too though and and, and something that. I've seen a couple of people write about, and again, it's probably with a certain degree of let's justify why we like this film because it's got a lot of tits in it. Um, but so the the there's a later sequence where she sort of has a, a flashback to her relationship with Sally, the missing secretary, which is mm. basically them in a waterfall having another extreme slow motion uh, sex scene. <laughs> and yes, yes, it is. <laughs> and and that's kind of interesting too because. Um, on, on the one hand, you know, because it's kind of shot in the same way, and obviously this supposedly doesn't, I guess, because it's a flashback or a dream sequence, that is the justification for doing it in in that manner. Because there's no implication that there's any kind of drugs involved, you know, any kind of um, impairment involved in in that particular sequence. And I also, but the, the other thing that's that's, I don't know, again, probably accidental, is. You know, so so Rosalba Neri, even though she's clearly meant to be, well, actually, both both she and and Greta are, are apparently meant to be sort of bisexual, um, is that you know she she Rosalba Neri kind of Eleonora falls into the 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 fairly you know standard you know problematic predatory gay character, mm. like you know oh she's 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 gay and but she's also you know a wrong and you know which is which is very much a you know you know it, we, you already mentioned. Um, basic instinct right which is you know sort of the almost like the ne plus ultra of that but it's interesting that they then show barbara boucher's character as as also having you know coming to find effectively her lover and it's not really kind of done in the sense of you know sort of oh you know that's bad uh which for kind of 72 is is potentially slightly progressive but again i think it's probably just to get more tits in it yeah Um, yeah (laughs) so that's accidental but I just want to mention it because, you know. Because there's not much else to talk about. Well, yeah. And also, as a, you know, because I, I, cause I, cause I do quite like the movie. It's like, I, I, I feel like I should I should stick out for a little bit. Even though, <laughs> look, I mean, if you know, if you want a Jello without much of a plot, but, you know, well, some, I'm, 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 some, some famous Jello queens with the tits out, this this, this is one. This, I mean, it's just that. If there, I'm, I'm, as I said at the beginning, I'm getting used to the idea of you know like the questionable relationship between the film and the plot. It's mm. just that it's set one. It sets that's up things that don't happen mm. or don't or don't or, or or don't go anywhere. And the fact there aren't loads of style, stylish murders mm. um, to supplement uh, or indeed replace um, the plot, and it, it's replaced instead with soft porn, um, mm. and that becomes a bit dull. Mm. Um, which is a which is which is a shame because the setup I was I was uh, I was quite intrigued by and then it and then mm. it rapidly it rapidly went downhill anyway uh, <laughs> anyway a hot bed of sex that was the, that was you said right, that right. was its name the name in name in America which was yes just... yeah indeed <sighs> anyway 
where are we next? Well, if it's if it's problematic stabbing you want. Oh God. Um so so next time we are um definitely back to what you might consider a, a an archetypal jello. Uh we are doing so so the director who made uh what have they done to your daughters uh previously made a uh again sort of pretty well known somewhat notorious jello called what have you done to solange so um that's what that's what we'll be doing next uh so yes our, our mutual friend howard uh who is also your co-host of birdcast mm-hmm. uh has been doing an exploration of italian horror and, and jello on in uh their own film writing uh, right. and, and they loathed it so ah do you think this is so is this better than what have they done to your daughters or oh great question it's it's a lot less stabby okay is it uh, is it better regarded mm, probably not actually they're probably okay. reasonable they're, they're both you know in in the sort of sub argento fulci um Sergio Martino kind of tier of the other guys. Uh, I think they're probably sort of reasonably, reasonably comparable. But it's more. You think it's more the archetype than this than this one. It it it. You're not short of. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd use the term stylish murders, memorable okay. mur- memorable murders uh, in place of plot. It's pretty interesting. I I am again. It's going to go one of two ways. <laughs> oh god. Well, there's 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 something to look forward to, uh, <laughs> if not necessarily for me. <laughs> uh, until oh, next time, thank you very much. Thank you. Next time, we join Fabio Testi and Camille Keaton in one of the stabbiest of seventies jellos, Massimo Della Mano's "What Have You Done to Solange?" Please join us, and thank you for listening.